Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome to the Bradley Wiggins Show by Eurosport, the home of cycling, in association with Lacquer Bicycle Insurance. I'm Graham Wilgos. Brad, another Londoner, has won one of cycling's biggest races. Teo Gegenhart has won the Giro d'Italia. He has. Um, we wouldn't have expected that three weeks ago, would we? Um, but for the last few days, um, I've not, not, maybe not. Whether I, I don't know if I actually believed it or not. I said it to him. Don't stop believing. I don't know where you're going to find two minutes, 57 seconds, but he did. I probably said, I've been saying he can win it. I think he can win it more because I believe in him as an athlete going forward. But if I'd have said that about any other rider from another nation when we were you know, summarising the GC on a certain day, I probably would have said it might be a bit beyond him. But that's the fan in me wanting him to win as well. So it, I don't want to sort of look back five or six days where I said, I think he can win it because he's the strongest rider. And, and make out that like, I predicted it from a from a physical pundit's point of view. It was just, a, you know, a pure fan really in, mm. in wanting him more to it as well. We've had, or you've had, I should say, a lot of love for the open letter um, that, that was yesterday's podcast. So on the eve of, of uh, today's final and decisive TT, Teo gave an interview after the race today to, to the Eurosport World Feed that had a lot of echoes of what you said in terms of, the, the passion that he wasn't afraid to show, his love for the sport, um, the modesty and, and the respect that he has for what he has achieved or what yesterday he was on the, on the brink of achieving. Um, as you said, real kind of sense of, of the reverence um, that you spoke about um, yeah, when you were talking about him yesterday. But and, it's not and, just in that letter. I, no. I speak to him like that quite often when I help him or something, just as a way of guiding him a little bit, yeah. you know, because I resonate a lot with him. But there's there's a recognition there and a reverence, that, like I said, and like you, he's a fan of the sport. Well, I think he's probably just, because he listens to me, he's probably just picking up things that I've said along the way. Now he's asked the question, um, what's it going to be? What's what's it going to be like from now? And he's only acknowledging having been made aware of certain characteristics that are important to hold him in good stead going forward that are already instilled in him. I mean, you, you spoke about the, the history of the sport and, and how that was mixed in with your history. You know, if it wasn't for Sean Yates and Chris Borman um, that came before you, they're, 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 you wouldn't have been able to do necessarily what you achieved. Um, and there was a real warmth in how you put that across. Um, and now Teo's part of that, of course. And, and you know, it, it, if it didn't give you goosebumps listening to it yesterday, I'm sure listening back to it today, um, it certainly will. But um, I just want to sort of reflect on the public reaction to it. Uh, because, you know, a, a lot of people you know, mentioned goosebumps, mentioned being on the verge of tears um and i don't think you set out on the on the open letter yeah your open oh, really? letter yeah. yesterday people said you know that that, that sort of thing really it, the emotion of it and and the the weight and sincerity of it um brought them to tears and the, because of the feeling behind it but i don't think that's something you set out for you set out to just put across an honest account of uh how you felt about what he was yesterday on the brink of achieving and what he's achieved today yeah i think there's a danger with things like that. You can do something that's quite contrived in order to jump on the bandwagon of reflective glory. And like I've been talking about a lot recently when we're doing these pods is 
there's still a desperation with me, even in this trade now as a broadcaster, whatever you call yourself, to be different. Mm. It, it's, that's instilled in me with everything I do. We have to talk about Teo. Aside from him being a bit of a mate of mine, I talk to him, you know, I don't pepper him with stuff because he'd probably get a lot of that. Don't the last couple of nights or whatever, just been sending him little voice notes that he can listen to, but more on the racing and, you know, but I won't, I don't want to just do a podcast that when I have to talk about someone like Taylor yesterday and dissect these, because we do that a lot anyway, the dissected performances and stuff, but inevitably I will get asked at some point if I never addressed my emotion of stuff, mm. um, you know, how do you feel about watching Taylor do that? And then in that sense, by being asked by someone else, I'll, I'll just give a run of the mill. It's great, young lad, blah de blah, because it's just a stock answer with no sincerity. Because everybody says that, um, and I, I rather use this platform and display it from an emotional point of view. So, like yesterday, I just sat on my own, and it was always going to be short. I'm not going to string it out. I had nothing planned of what's going to say, and just spoke and played it out and it's it's probably a better way of displaying my real emotion rather than a stock answer to someone else which will which everyone really gives but people give it because there's no emotion attached with it so when someone wins a race they go it's fantastic what a great rider but there's no emotion with it because you're not invested in that run i'm probably invested in teo from a human point of view because he's um he's just a good lad good human being mm. You said yesterday that he is the version of yourself that you always wanted to be. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not. That's not in a self-derogatory way. I'm me and I'm, I know who I am and I know what I stand for on that, despite what gets fed out to newspapers and sensationalised and things like that and, and cruelly twisted, especially recently. But I, I don't read it or pay attention. I'd just rather be me. I've got this platform which contradicts what, certain outlets try and portray me as and I just continue being me and looking back I'm the version of me I want to be um but it's hard as an elite athlete I suppose when I look back it's more that Teo having won this Grand Tour Giro d'Italia um is in a better position as a person um he's more empowered and to be um to go on and continue being him, whereas probably I'd probably had undealt with issues that I've dealt with now back then as an elite sportsman that, that would then naturally seep into um, being in the spotlight. Mm. I mean, this, so this he's is a better this, version in terms of being empowered and having all the tools, all the social skills, and all the to deal with that. And and he's in um, a tried and tested team that are used to success. Um, you know, back then, we didn't, no one had been successful in that team, so no one knew what came next. Um, and he's got, he's just in a great position, yeah. And I, and I can, I just, it's an observation, it's not a sob story, um, because that helps you, but not everyone's the same, as you say. He's the, he's, he's the latest in a long line of, of Ineos or, or Sky Riders, uh, to win a grand tour. So, uh, from yourself to Chris Froome to G to Egan Bernal. Um, so from where that success started to where they are now, you spoke to him earlier, which is a, a nice way to sort of bring it full circle uh, when he was back on the team bus. 
You found that two minutes 57 seconds then, didn't you? Yeah, looks like it. Uh, yeah, and a bit more. Yeah, uh, well, like like you said, I was just focused on on the Keep stage. Moving, on uh, yeah, it was a pretty nice. It was a nice parkour for just focusing on yourself. You know, it wasn't tricky. It was just about putting the power down, and it's always nice when you have that feedback. You know that your opposition can't do what you're doing. It gives you yeah. confidence, and you just go deeper and you push more. You um, you've looked like a different rider for the last week. Like your your confidence just seemed to go through the roof, and you just looked like. You had an air of confidence about you from the moment you started sprinting for that first stage win when you won up the mountain? Yeah, I think so. I mean, last year in the Volta, I felt super good in the last week. Um, and I was kind of more or less climbing similar to some of the GC guys. Um, I just took confidence from that, you know. Um, that was the big thing that Nico really gave me was just to to believe in myself going into the race that it is so different in it after three weeks so yeah yeah i felt great this week uh again today the legs felt maybe the best of, of the whole race obviously we have a big prize to chase so pretty cool do you remember when i spoke to you during lockdown back in april and you felt quite down yeah. didn't you and you didn't know if we were going to race again this yeah. year and all that yeah i mean i think it I don't know if I was down, but it was it was for sure weird. Um, but then at the same time, it was kind of special because I got to spend three months in, uninterrupted with Hannah and yeah. we had a great time. I think if our relationship can go through that, then it, it says a lot. And yeah, we just, you know, got into a routine and, and we're thankful that our families were safe and just knuckled down and kind of got on with life, I guess, tried to make the most of the bizarre situation that it was, not being able to go outside. Yeah, and obviously this chance was sort of come out of nowhere, didn't it, with Grind's crash and how unfortunate that was. Um, how much has he played a part in this last two weeks? I guess you've spoken to him and he's obviously someone you look up to and he's very inspirational, G, isn't he, in, in, in the little things he says. Yeah, definitely. He sent me a super nice message yesterday. Um, just kind of echoing what, what you said and what the coaching staff and all my teammates and Dave said, just focus on the race and do your best. And yeah, in the end, that was the, the right mentality. I think all day I felt pretty relaxed other than that kind of one or two hours when you're alone in the hotel room after the pre-race meal. Um, but I just tried to to zone out a bit, not look at my phone, just listen to some good music and just relax. And, Take yeah, that. <laughs> I guess Take that, like I said last night. No, no. No, take that. <laughs> yeah, and this this is your last race of the season, isn't it? Last race of the yeah, season. Yeah, season's done. Um, yeah, get the feet up. I can't wait to get back to. I'm in in the UK. I haven't seen my family. I've been in London since last mm. year, so can't wait to see them. It's been a long ten months, and yeah. excited for that. Get back to Hackney. Back, mate. We're going yeah. back. Well, mate, listen. <laughs> everyone loves you. All Everyone's right, super proud of you, and uh, thank you for the time anyway, because I know you you've got much. a lot to do. All right, mate. See you later. All the best. Speak to you soon. Ciao, ciao, ciao. Ciao! Brad, how did you feel talking to Teo earlier? I mean, some, some nice moments between you and that real sense of warmth came yeah. through as well. It was probably a bit shy and awkward because um, I probably um, was a bit too think overthinking it really because Teo was quite relaxed about it. But I, I could probably put myself in his shoes when I won, um, and he was great. Um, 
I, I felt, I just stupidly probably felt that I was probably, I didn't want to abuse the, the, uh, the friendship because I talked to him anyway mm. um, and jump on the bandwagon and get him on my show, you know, because I was also probably a bit too self-conscious that I didn't want to be seen to jump in all over this in, in a danger of it constantly being referenced to me that I was his hero or whatever, because it's not about that. That We're aware of that, mm. but it's about him now. And, and we've all got our heroes, but, uh, you know, it, it's just he's, it's his moment and he's moving on. We're all part of a trail of inspiration and being inspired by someone and that. Um, and I probably was a bit overconscious of being jumping on it every five minutes, like, you know, and in some sort of way of reflective glory on me. Um, and and that, that was probably a bit, probably overthinking that. But, and I, I just wanted to get that, part of the open letter was just to get, get out my most in five minutes and put it out and not spend the next few days banging on about it. You know, you know, what was it like watching that? And get it out in its truest form without doing a series of things of, you know, journalists will contact me and say, I uh, just want to talk to you about Teo and, you know, your your view on it. It's like, there's my view. Five minutes. Yeah. I appreciate that it's a different time, different, you know, different era in cycling, really. Um, and you were in a very different position in that you had, obviously, after you won, you had the Olympics to go on to and, and focus on. However, if there was one piece of advice that you could give Teo this evening, what would it be? No, I mean, I don't, I don't think there is anything. I probably, um, I don't know, really. I, don't, I, don't, I haven't really thought about it. I don't feel in a position to sit in a sort of righteous way and, and pick something out that I, because I, I talked to him anyway. Mm. You know, my, um, my, my advice to him last week was, um, I don't know where you're going to find two minutes, 57 seconds from, but I think you're the strongest mother bike race and don't stop believing until you cross that line in Milan. And after the Stelvio stage the other day, I said to him, uh, I know you've won, today is still yeah i know you won that stage last week it's great right but don't think about it too much right celebrate that next week just concentrate on tomorrow now because you can still win this race and and that to me is advice in the present really from that i feel that to say you know mm. um, um but i don't know his life different you can't really pick up he knows what he's, doing. he's got good people he's got a great family he's got hannah and he's He's his own man. I don't. I don't think anyone should sit and go. Well, I'll tell. I'll t if I could give you, tell you this, I know, because things are going to change. You know, people think they're helping and come in. He's done all right. He's got to this point for a reason. <laughs> so I don't think he needs any anything else after. He's set. You know, he mm. wants to keep racing his bike, and I, I think he's in a great position to go forward. Well, like you said, he ne he needed nearly three minutes a couple of days ago. This morning, he needed less than a second. Here's how Rob Hatch uh, and yourself, Brad, called Teo's big moment for us on Eurosport. He's one of us. He's a fan. And um, it's quite emotional watching him. It's just, it's so, so, I can't, yeah, I'm lost for words now. So from Saturday jobs in London bike shops to riding with local clubs and behind Team Sky at the team launch, from being a Dave Rader funded rider to riding for the best under 23 team in the world with Axel Merckx in charge, from a solid start learning the ropes as a world tour pro to getting that maiden pro victory in Italy last year, from starting this race as a worker for Geraint Thomas 
tour winner and anointed leader here to a first Grand Tour stage win from the Hackney Marshes to the Italian Alps and now the streets of Milan, Theo Gegenhardt is going to win the Giro d'Italia. Theo Gegenhardt is going to win a Grand Tour. It's the realization of a dream. It's going to be seventh heaven with the stage wins for the Ineos Grenadiers. And the most unlikely of comeback stories has come true. Um, so Brad, Rob called it as the most unlikely of comeback stories on commentary going from the first couple of days of the Giro when, when they lost G, of course, um, from, from stage three. Um, it, I mean, in a way, it's a bit... I, I, I think of it as, as almost like the perfect football game in terms of um, your team being 2-0 down after the first 15 minutes and coming back to win uh, 3-2 in the, in the 90th minute. Uh, has, it got, has it got that sort of feeling to you? All, no. All sort of all, all hope lost and found in the space of, of 90 minutes, in the space no, of the Grand Tour? No, I don't think so. Because he didn't see that as a disappointment then. Mm. Because the goal was different. It weren't about him. Mm. At the Vuelta last year, stage one, he lost seven minutes. And it was a disappointment because he was a team leader. He, he he had no intention of coming back from that point. It was all about G, and G were left the race, and he reassessed their goals and tried for a stage win. GC was on. He just rode back into that through some extreme performances, and the elimination of other riders. He wasn't sitting there because I question whether he would have come back, but there would have been a reason for that. He wouldn't have lost that time if he was the leader. So it's not a comeback. It's the goals changed and he just rode day by day. I'm going to do my best from now to the finish. Not because I might win this thing, just to get something out of the race. And I think that helped him because he'd have been demoralized that he'd lost that time back then. Mm. But why did he lose the time? Because he waited for G, didn't he? Yeah. So, or he, you know, he, he didn't do as well on the first time trial because he wasn't riding for himself. He was, he was exactly. conserving energy, presumably, to, to exactly. go to race for G. So, there was no idea. It wasn't a comeback. Yeah. You know, we weren't sitting here three weeks ago going, shame for Tay's lost all this time. You know, can he come back from this? You know, so it, it wasn't a comeback. But it's funny now when I think it was three weeks ago. Do you remember I said down here, three weeks tonight we finish? And we were both saying, there's four riders in this race. Can we see anyone else winning this? Uh, and I and, said and to Tayo you, couldn't I, have been I said, from our thoughts. you just don't know what's going to happen, do you? Yeah. It, the Giro, anything can happen. And we lost two riders then the week after, didn't we? Pippa York said everyone's still in contention when we asked her before the, uh, the yeah. second rest day. Nibali, he left. they both didn't live up to expectation. Yeah. So we lost Simon Yates, got, you know, went positive um, for COVID. And G crashed out a couple of days later. And if I just said to you then, I'd forget them for, I thought quick, Jai, Hindley and Teo, Teo, I think it's going to come between them two. And I don't, I don't think there'll be anything in it going to that last time. I think they'll be on the same time. The world would have gone, they'd have thought I'd gone mad, wouldn't they? For sure. Um, but but it's, they, it's sort of, they crept up under the radar up until they, these last five no, what days. What I'm saying is, if I'd have said that scenario, you'd have said just at that moment... Like, come on, Brad, you um, know, be serious for a second sort of thing. I can't see that happening. Yeah. Because I'm just, just trying to sh show how unpredictable, how no one could have predicted, it's unprecedented, that two riders were gone in... But because of the whole emotion and has been taken over by Teo winning today and what it means, we've almost forgot about the fact that they went into today on the same time. Yeah. Because it's it's we're all focused on Teo and the winning now. But when you look back, it's like if we just said that three weeks ago that this is going to come down to the last time trial, it would you would it would have been hard to believe. 
And then if you'd added to that, it's going to be Teo and it's going to be Jai Hindley. And at a point when we had Jonathan Waters like, really threatening to pull EF out and saying he, th- he thought the race should be cancelled. Yeah. Um, we, we had uh, Jumbo Visma go home the, you know, or, or pull out of the race on the day of the stage. It was, it was right up until the point that, that that stage started. No one mentioned the test about who was negative, who wasn't after that point. Yeah. It was bizarre. And I don't know, it was just, it was, I'm, I'm amazed that no one else got it. Mm. Yeah, it's a funny old thing. And Adam Hansen used it in that Twitter statement as a, a weapon to say that's why they stopped because our immune systems are low and stuff, mm. which I thought was a shame because he clearly got told to say that as a representation of the riders. And his interview the next morning, he was quite angry that no one backed him. Yeah. And I don't think they were his true words because he's a good bloke, Adam. And uh, his, la- his last Grand Tour, of course. Yeah. His, his last race uh, before retirement. And where's JV now? Where is JV? Well, it, it, presumably he's focusing on the Vuelta, but we'll, we'll, we'll come to that. So Teo put all of that out of his head today. He knew that it, it was 15 kilometers of road for him to focus on. He had to wait all day uh, to do it, bar, bar obviously Jai Hindley going off. How would he have dealt with that today? With the, I mean, this is your, we're talking about your speciality now, a time trial. How do you deal with that? Um, and, and, you know, you, you, you said on commentary, um, you might have said to him last night, look, Maybe have a little word with, with Jai before, I didn't uh, before say you go off. Night. I didn't have the balls to say it to him. I wouldn't tell him to do something like that because I don't want to go against... I don't want to tell him to do something that's against who he is as a person, which yeah. is the reason yeah. it's got him here. Um, but Just remind us what you said to uh, Cadell Evans at the Dauphiné. Um, before, before, I, so before you well, went you know, like I said in my other podcast when I said that I'd, I'd created this sort of hatred for him as a way of driving myself yeah remember you, I said that which you know again there's no reflection of how I really felt on now um but and and that manifests into things like that so I said to him I think at the Dauphiné uh, keep keep that jersey warm for me oh no don't get that jersey too sweaty today and that was it I left him with that thought for three minutes yeah but you know you don't some riders don't need to do that but I sent him a few messages last night and voice and I just said to do with the time troll you know just keep doing what you're doing don't try and over, don't think too much about the magnitude of what the end result is. Mm. It's the it's the simplest form of what you train for, which is seventeen minutes. It's a ten mile time trial. You couldn't get more British yeah. than that. It, it probably would have been one of his first races doing a ten mile time and trial, club time trial. Just enjoy it. I said when you look back, because I look back on Olympic finals and things and didn't enjoy them at all. And if this is to be your greatest achievement, how do you want to look back on it as an enjoyable experience? Enjoy the moment because fearing it and being nervous and all this is, there's no need because once you roll off that ramp, you just got to go flat out. Your your legs are doing the work. And I realized, I suppose that's advice because that you don't need to get nervous and overthink it because when you start, your your body will do it anyway. And it's wasted energy and just be relaxed and and he is anyways, is that nature. Um, and I, I suppose I wasn't reminded him because I feared that he doesn't do that. It's just feeling that from the speciality of time training, just, just say that, you know, because, you know, remind him, don't overthink it because whatever you've done, whatever you're doing is working. Mm. And I sort of had a joke with him and said, you know, put your headphones on, listen to take that or whatever you listen to these days. And, You've got good time trialists around you, but 
they'll come back and think they're helping you and trying to give you advice like you know watch this hole on the left when you get to kilometer six or don't take that roundabout on the right like when we drive it um but you just oh, that's just overthinking it because you look at the course you decide what you're doing you don't need any more advice and they're only trying to help but he was saying he was getting advice on the road from his DS as well, telling him in the, the last yeah. kilometer, for example, to slow down. And he said then that he knew he had it because yeah. when, when, you know, when does your DS ever tell you to slow down on it's, a 15 kilometer yeah. time trial? They keep saying this, but they've misconstrued what he actually said because it's not advice. It's you, you set out with a plan for, with the DS. Yeah. We have a radio. What do you want me to tell you? The DS will act like a co-rally driver. And, and say the thing's coming up, so call. And 200 metres before a roundabout, Tussato would have said, roundabout, 200 metres, um, full gas on the skis. So you know you can go for it, full gas on the skis and roundabout 300 metres on the drops with care, you know? So you, you, you're going over what you driven, when you've driven the course and the plan you'd made. He was giving him the information he wants to perform that project. It wasn't advice, it's just factual information. Mm. He would have been getting the time checks through and knowing he was up. And all Tosato said, didn't say slow down because I don't think he'd have said slow down. But I think it was more a case of, um, you know, just be cautious. Right, right within you yourself. Yeah. yeah. Don't take it so fast. Just on the last two or three corners, because there's some shiny big cobbles in Milan City Centre. Yeah. You know, he knew he would have known he's 30 seconds up. So Teo's confidence to do that, he wouldn't have been going, why is, why is that? It weren't that moment where he'd have thought, that must mean I'm up. He'd have known he was up from every check. He'd have said, look, you're about 35 seconds up. You don't just, don't go crazy through these corners because you've got this. Let's have a word on uh, Jai Hindley and his performance today. Yeah. So first of all, so my first thought this evening was, did he know he was beaten or did he think he was beaten even before he started today, knowing that Teo was a superior time trialist to him? Well, honest answer is I don't know. Only he'll know that. I think he gave his all. I think he executed it well. I don't think he underperformed like maybe we saw with Rolic at the tour. in that yeah. last. He would have been focused. I don't think he was knew he was beat before he started. I just think it was he was probably just being realistic with himself when he took that jersey yesterday that because the interviews were two different interviews yesterday mm. and Jai got the jersey and I think there was an element with him of there's going to be a lot of focus on now that I might lose this Giro because he was saying but you know I never expected to be in this position I've won a stage and I've got a pink jersey and I, you know years of riding I, I never thought I'd be in this position at the Giro d'Italia and all the concentration from Kine when he was asking the questions who was asking ridiculous questions all week was putting the focus on do you think you're going to win or lose this time trial tomorrow not and I think that's that's the detriment to how well he's done because if you were 30th in GC and you'd had the jersey for a day and won a stage in the mountains people would have gone what amazing race you've had but today was the he lost the Giro today and it almost takes away a bit from what he has done and that's the, the nature of sport. So I don't think he was beaten before he started. I just think he knew that I'm not the world's best time trial. Taylor is a better time trial than me. And I've never beaten him in a time trial. And the likelihood is he will probably beat me over 17 kilometers tomorrow. Yeah. And I think he'd, at that point, he'd already started not being defeatist, but like I've got the jersey, but realistically, I'm probably not going to beat him tomorrow. 
and he was preparing the ground that what well, but I have already had a great race and I never expected to be his position, you know? What he's done what he did this this past five stages, what he did on the Stelvio, what he did on the, the three ascents to Sestria, he was riding on his own. He didn't have the same support, for example, that Teo had. Um and what, he was the support. How he do you was, mean? Well, he he rode and did all the damage the day first day Teo won. Yeah. He was the super domestique for Wilco. Yeah. On the Stelvio, he was still the support rider for for Kelderman. Yeah. But ended up and riding he just away. Ended didn't up wait riding away him. from him, and then he became the leader. Yeah. You know, and I think um, he came into this race as the super domestic for Wilco Kelderman, who was the team leader. He was he was probably the best climber in the race mm. um, by a fraction from Teo, who he couldn't get rid of, and Teo was about a time trialist, and that that's why there was nothing in it between them. Mm. And he ended up with Australia's best ever finish at the Giro. Let's hear from Jai Hindley. Here he is now. Jai, disappointed, of course, but also happy it's over. And at the same time, second place in the Giro d'Italia is pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, of course, it's uh, super disappointing, you know, to, to lose the jersey on the last day like that. And yeah, at the moment, it's uh, pretty hard to take. But I think when I look back, yeah, I think I'll be super proud of the way uh, the team and the team and how I rode the past three weeks, and yeah, it's a massive step forward in my in my career, and uh, yeah, it's a three weeks I'll never forget. Looking back, strong team and everything. Would you have done something different when you look back? No, I think I think as a team we actually yeah I think we did we didn't put a foot wrong all race to be honest and yeah I think uh, we can be super proud of what we accomplished and uh, I'd just like to thank thank the guys on the team and uh, the whole team actually the staff and everyone involved it yeah it's a massive uh, it's a massive uh, operation to to get here and and to be on the on the on the podium in Milan and yeah a lot of work and effort and time has gone into it and I, I really appreciate what the team has done to, to get me here I, I can only tell you again second place in the Giro d'Italia is something exceptional big plans for tonight we already asked Bill Kukeldemann ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah I think uh, definitely keen to put the feet up for a bit maybe sink a few cheeky bevies uh, I'll see but yeah I also just oh sorry I just want to give a uh, quick shout out to uh, to everyone that's uh, sent messages of support and and uh, and encouragement it's been overwhelming to to all the people all my friends and family in Italy and all my friends and family in Australia especially people that are staying up late at night and yeah it's it's overwhelming it's really incredible and I I can't thank everyone enough it means the world thank you so much enjoy it cheers thank you Lacquer's collective cover is made especially for cyclists for life on and off your bike They've transformed traditional insurance to provide customers with a fairer, collective-driven approach. Say goodbye to fixed upfront premiums. Instead, your monthly contributions are based on the collective's claims that month. Your max monthly price is capped, but the savings are all yours. And they have some big news. Lacquer will be running its first ever crowdfunding campaign and offering equity for the pack. Cyclists have helped Lacquer bring a much better model of insurance to the masses. And that's why they want to invite you to join the ride. 
They're stoked to be able to give the Bradley Wiggins Show listeners the opportunity to own a part of Lacquer. You can invest in the future of Lacquer from as little as £10 and become a huge part of their collective. To register and find out more about Lacquer's crowdfunding, head to www.lacquer.co. Remember that when investing, your capital is at risk. This announcement was approved by Cedars. Welcome back to the Bradley Wiggins Show, sponsored by Lacquer, a bicycle insurance. Brad, we heard from Joy there. One thing that he didn't have that Teo did uh, was a secret weapon in the form of Rowan Dennis, who I've never seen ride quite like that before. He was mm. magnificent on the Stelvio when uh, Hindley attacked and, and was was looking to gain time on Teo. He was fantastic again on the three ascents to Sestrier. Um First of all, just just a word on Dennis himself. I've never seen him ride like that because I don't think he's ever been as happy as he is in a team now. Rowan is... Um, I like Rowan a lot. I have a sort of sporadic contact with him and it's always kind of a bit... If you're watching it, it can be perceived that we don't like each other. You know, we sort of mess around with each other and put each other down, but more out of pure respect for each other. He's... Um, a lot of people don't understand him, you know, and some teams he's been to, he got to get labelled as awkward, you know, hard to get on with his and kind of, he kicks off every now and again. He, he's a supreme athlete who is on his day near enough unbeatable or can produce something spectacular, like he did at the World Championships last year mm. um, and like we've seen this week. And he just needs to be treated and respected. Um, people need to understand that if he's upset with something, he's, he'll going to say something. He's not going to just conform for the sake of it. Or, and it just sometimes it manifests in his way with, you know, probably a bit too brutal on that because he doesn't pander people, etc. But he's gone to a team where he's around people that respect him for his physical attributes and, and probably understand him more as a person. When you get that and do that, you get a better, better him back. And the work he's done the last few days for his team, um, I saw him after the time trial in Ganawan, the first, second time trial, you know, people would assume that he wouldn't be happy that Ganner's beat him. And this. I remember he waited at the tent before Ganner came in and he gave him a big hug, pat him on the back, sm- proper smile, authentic smile, and followed him in to the tent. He was genuinely happy for him. And he's um, not bitter or anything like that. He's, he's really enjoying life in that team at the moment. Mm. I spoke to him a bit before we interviewed the Tao thing. Mm. We weren't talking, we were messing, but he's, um, he's a good guy. I like him. Yeah, I mean, he, like I say, he seems genuinely motivated to work for the team. If, uh, even after all he's done this week for Teo, he still managed to finish third uh, in today's time trial. Who was second? Our record holder, your 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 friend, friend of the podcast, Victor Campanas. Victor, yeah, yeah. Oh, good. We still saw Filippo Ganna take his fourth stage win. I, yeah, uh, contrib- I mean that that's almost gone un- unnoticed uh, given the but celebrations. I saw him if- come in when he took first place. I didn't know that he'd won by the end because it kind of well, I'm sure he did but he came in about 30 odd seconds up on Victor didn't he yeah um, so so putting 30 well, more than 30 seconds into the the hour record holder on, on its own is, is phenomenal to win all three time trials plus that intermediate stage we saw him take on stage five giving him four overall in his first grand tour I mean that's phenomenal and it's and it's also by the by Ineos's or, or Sky's uh, most successful grand tour ever statistically yeah. in terms of stage wins Aside from all that, it's Ganner. I mean, the guys that... I said it last week, didn't I, what I thought about him, but wait till he does the hour record. Yeah. I'll tell you now, 
Or his focus will be the Olympics at the moment on the if track. If he does the hour record mm. and does what I think he will do based on my calculations, no one will ever break it in my lifetime. We should also mention Zhao Almeida, uh, who came in at 41 seconds today. Yeah. He's had a brilliant race. Um, and to finish as high as he did, given that he was the Kernan Quick Steps, in a similar way to Teo, okay, he knew before the race that he would be their GC man. But with Remco Evanapol and his crash ruling him out, I mean, Almeida's had a fantastic three weeks. Oh, I mean, he's all we spoke about, didn't we? And it got to the point he was doing that well that we started saying, can he win this thing? Um, and then, you know, few cracks started to show he didn't blow up and lose you know a huge amount of time he limited his losses he rode with dignity and he's been you know he's been he's been a, a real asset to this race and uh, it was great to watch um you know a young lad first year great in interviews speaks good english very intelligent educated carries himself well and he's another great asset to the sport a lot of, there's a whole new generation of people coming through now it's, it's, it's really nice to watch mm. He's not the only Portuguese success at this Giro. Of course, Ruben Guerrero took the King of the Mountains jersey. Um, so EF Education First, uh, mm. and more Grand Tour success for them. Um, so Guerrero took the blue jersey. And- I missed all that because I was just so like unraveled. I just go and keep yeah. my thoughts together. And then, yeah, Teo won the white jersey. So blue went to Portugal, Ruben Guerrero. Arno de Mar also won four stages, won all four bunch sprints to take yeah. the Maglia Ciclamino. Yeah. Um, Peter Sagan only one stage. We thought he, we thought he might. We thought he might uh, be in the reckoning for yeah, but the sprinter's jersey. What, the way he won that stage, I think that was probably one of his most impressive wins. Yeah, that on its own, it was great. Well done, Pete. Easy to forget after the excitement in Milan. Um, the Vuelta was also oh, raced through its first week, stage six today. Today's about tail, but yeah, it was. I didn't watch the Vuelta after. You know, we're covering two races, aren't we? But yeah, it's all about tail today. I mean, you know, and I don't mind admitting that. But I did stand and Kong said, and here's Hugh Carthy. And I just instantly turned to the telly and watched Hugh come in. So well, good on you, Hugh. Good on you, Hugh. Well, he's 18 seconds now on GC, not to be uh, outdone in terms of British talent uh, tearing up the road today. Uh, he dropped the other GC contenders on that final climb. Yeah. Um, so we should say the, the stage was won by Astana's uh, Jan Itzagira. Um, he won the stage from the breakaway, going solo, uh, making his move on the final climb after an earlier attack by his brother and teammate Gorka. Hugh Carthy, he gained the most time of the top contenders, moving into second overall, as I say, Cracks in Cracks in Rolich. Right, so I was talking to Sean earlier. He said that Roglic had a mechanical before yeah. the final climb. Um, he's now at 30 seconds um, on the GC showing his first signs of weakness at the Vuelta. Yeah. Um, so the, the final climb to former Gal. He, so he slipped, slipped out of the, the overall top three. Dan Martin is at 20 seconds on GC, yeah. um, despite I mean, his crash yesterday. It was raining, was it? And um, Filthy weather today. Yeah, there'll be a shuffle up again, I'm sure. But Rolich, I don't think, you know, yeah, he had a mechanical, but there, there was cracks in him. Um, mm. Is that the first sign of a guy who has been quite dominant since we resume racing don't forget looking back Dauphiné was a long time ago now wasn't it yeah when he looked absolutely dominant came back at the tour rode solid the whole tour obviously the last time troll didn't stop week later was it up the worlds good at the worlds then on the age top six at the worlds he's kept going how long can he stay on that you know and and 
you still got two weeks to go in this yeah. race. So there are cracks because you you know you can't be that good for that long when other riders are constantly challenging you. And Carapasta, he's gonna I think he's gonna probably win this race. Well, so he's taking control now. He's he's now in red. He's um, looking like the Carapaz we saw at the Giro last year. He would have waited for his chance, really, because he thought he was going to get that in the Giro. He thought he was going to be able to defend his title at the beginning of this rebooted season. Well, he ended up running the Tour, didn't he? But I don't think he would have been that good at the Giro because I think he's the type of guy who needs racing. Mm. And I think the Tour clearly gave him that. He's a bit, he was a bit rusty from race, and he got better and better in the Tour, didn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah he and did. that Tour has set him up for this Walter. So I actually think it's worked out well. He, if he hadn't done the tour, he wouldn't have had much racing in that before he would have started the Giro. So I think it worked well for him. Yeah. Rest day for the Vuelta tomorrow. I think we could all do with one after today. Imagine if we had had uh, Paris-Roubaix too to keep up. Oh God, I thought that earlier. Yeah. Paris-Roubaix had been today. I, I wouldn't have been able to absorb it all. Um, well, look. Bradley, and we would have had the women's Paris-Roubaix, let's not forget. Yeah. So, so <laughs> we'd have been up doing a two-hour podcast in order to cover it all properly. Yeah. Imagine if we had three British winners as well. Ooh. That brings us to the end of this episode of the Bradley Wiggins Show by Eurosport. Thank you to our sponsor, Lacquer Bicycle Insurance. Brad, thanks as ever for your, for your thoughts. No, and, thank uh, you. And, um, and, and sharing, sharing so much warmth for another British winner. Yeah, well, uh, why not? Yeah, you damn should right. be pleased to see people do. But, yeah, thanks for everyone listening as well because we've had some great feedback. And, you know, we only do this because people listen. Otherwise, we wouldn't do it, would we? So we're back next Saturday. We're, the micropods are stopping this week. Don't look out for them. No more bonuses They're for now. Um, but in the meantime, we can follow you on social media at Sir Wigo. Um, mm-hmm. You can also follow Eurosport on Twitter at Eurosport underscore UK. Plus, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook. Brad, do you want to say thanks to our producer? Pete, honestly, no, we have to. Um, Pete's become a good friend and um, really, really passionate and loves what we do here, which is um, reflects in what we talk about. And now it's put together. Yeah. And he does a great job. He stays up most nights. Quite late as well sometimes. Damn editing. right. I, no, one so, has, no one works harder when there's a grand tour on. So thank you. And thank you, Graham, as well, because we've um, done this for a couple of years now. We? Yeah. We've built it to a level we want to, and we're going to keep doing that, making it better. So We thank are. You. Keep working hard. Pete Burton. We should give him his full title podcast. And as Pete. I say that, Graham's in his... When he gets a bit awkward and you praise Graham, he gets into awkward man-spreading yeah, I style. I, I don't, I don't like it. it <laughs> yeah, you caught that. Thank you. <laughs> Finally, from me, Graham Wilgos, it's goodbye. If you've enjoyed the show, subscribe, share your thoughts, and rate us wherever you get your podcasts. Brad, like you say, we'll see you next Saturday. Yeah. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.